Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 145. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lose the Cape Podcast. I am Alexa Bigwarf, your podcast host. And today is Friday, the 13th, July 13th. I don't know what's been going on. Today's been okay, but the last month has been like day after day of Friday the 13th for me. Have you ever had a month like that where there's nothing like seriously wrong? Our our family is healthy. My children are healthy. Um, you know, my sisters are good. My mom is good. A- everything is fine. I should be I should be happy with where things are, but just little things just continue to happen like air conditioners in the van and house breaking, um, unexpected bills, a fall that I took and thought I'd broken a bone like an old lady. Uh, And I mean, just it's just one little thing after another. And you're like, wow, wow, wow. I need to be happy for the blessings of my life. But I'm ready for whatever's happening out there in the universe to go ahead and wrap things up. Anyway, today's episode is a little bit long, so I'm not going to do a long intro, but it's a fantastic episode. Our guest is Sid Garza-Hillman, one of the few men we've had on the shows, and um, I'm really excited to announce that he is giving away a copy of his book, a print copy of his book, um, which you'll hear all about in the show. We talk a lot about um, health but not from the way that you would expect. I mean, it, it was a very interesting and dynamic conversation. We kind of went all over the place, but really take, talking about taking on the responsibilities of taking care of ourselves, but not doing it in such an overwhelming way. He teaches small steps to change. So at one point in the podcast, we laughed really hard because he was like, if you feel like meditating is something that you need to add to your life. But meditation is overwhelming to think about how to learn how to do it, when to do it, how to do it, you know, all these different things. He's like, my advice to you is to wake up tomorrow morning and take two deep breaths and call that your meditation for the day. And I was like, okay, this is a system I can get behind. And I have been getting up and taking two deep breaths. Actually, I pushed my limits and I've moved to three. And um, it, it, it works. It's helpful. It's a small change in my daily life. And I am really... I'm enjoying his suggestions. So without further ado, I would like to go ahead and get moving with the interview. You can get all the show notes over at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 145. We would love it if you would share, if you would comment, if you would tweet, if you would come over to the Facebook page and talk to us about this interview, whatever you want to do. And don't forget to head on over to the blog and enter Uh, for your opportunity to win a print copy of Sid's book. Thanks so much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. We're very pleased to bring you one of our unicorn guests, which is a man. We (laughs) do have them from time to time. Love getting the male perspective on all of these conversations. Today, we are interviewing Sid Garza-Hillman. He is a podcaster and YouTuber. He's also the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto and Raising Healthy Parents, small steps, less stress, and a thriving family. This is a topic I am so excited to talk about. Um, as any of you who have read the blog know that I have declared a health manifesto recently on trying to get back healthy for, for myself and for my kids. So more about Sid. He graduated from UCLA with a BA in philosophy. He's a public speaker, certified nutritionist, and a small steps coach teaching people around the world his unique small steps approach to healthy living at smallsteppers.com. He's also the wellness director, programs director at the Stanford and Eco Resort, an ultra runner, and the race director of the, oh, is that Mendocino? Mendocino. Coast? Mendocino. Coast 50K. I'm an East Coaster, so. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this is a trail, a trail ultra marathon. If you did, if it didn't have the word ultra marathon, that would almost sound fun. 
<laughs> he lives on California's Mendocino coast with his wife and three children, horse, dog, and two cats. Very excited to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad to be here. And now it's actually three cats, so I need to update my bio. Three cats. Wow. Yeah, another, one, another one showed up on our land, a stray cat, and so we took her in. So now we've got three. Got, got our hands full. That's so, that's so nice. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know where to start with you. Um, there's just a lot to talk about. So I'm going to um, just quickly say that um, about a month, well, there's a, a whole lot to this story, but my father passed away in April and it was, well, he had a lot of a lot of things going on that were outside of his control. But one of the things that he did have a problem with was healthy choices. And mm -hmm. the last few years of his life were very sedentary. And even though he had celiac disease and diabetes, he continued to fuel himself with stuff that was literally killing him. Mm -hmm. And after he passed away and I had a really bad um, visit with my doctor because I have lupus, I was like, this is bullshit. I'm tired yeah. of feeling this way. I'm tired of living this way. I am not going to go down like my dad. I I am in control of what I do to myself and for myself, and I want to make a change. So you, this is a this is perfect time to bring you on board because um, you know it's kind of a a theme du jour talking about health. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's happening more and more as you know, and it's uh, it's it's definitely a controllable thing in in, in most ways, which is kind of exciting when you think about it. But it, it also means it's super big challenges for people. It is, and it's hard work, and I, I love that you're, I haven't dug into your program yet. I'm definitely going to allow you the chance to talk about it, but I, um, I, that's kind of the conclusion that I came to is that I have to, it, we, we have to stop saying that, you know, it's going to be a massive change starting tomorrow. I'm never going to eat sugar again. Mm -hmm. That's almost impossible for most people to do. <laughs> so small steps, making those changes. Tell us about your program and, and, and what it's about. Well, it's, you know, it really is more, the program is sort of like the the in the world thing that people can do, but really it speaks to my broader philosophy of health and happiness. And then in the new book with, I applied it to the parenting picture, mm -hmm. which is that it's uh, health and happiness are a bigger, bigger picture than any one thing. It's not really only about food, definitely not only about food, not only about exercise. It's a broad kind of look at our lives and how we can manage to live the best lives we can in this crazy world. Cause it's a, it's a crazy world. I think we can all agree. So it's, it's, it's never as simple as saying, hey, I'm just going to give up added sugar. That's not only is that not enough, it's, it's so much easier said than done. As, right. As, right. So, so, as so, I know. <laughs> exactly. And I think what happens is we put these sort of unreasonable statements on ourselves. And then we, and so we, and, and in doing so, we set ourselves up to fail. Then when we fail, we feel bad about it. And I'm going, don't feel bad about it. You didn't set yourself up to succeed. Right. So what I did with my philosophy and approach is to say, let's back out of all these things and do it in a, and recently I've been calling it an adult way. I'm like, let's be adult about this now. Let's just stop the 10 year old. Like I'm, you know, like let's actually do it in an intelligent, mature way and say, okay, what can I take on starting today that actually is going to set me up for actual success? And usually what that means for most people is a lot less than what they would ordinarily do. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're not going to give up sugar 100% starting tomorrow, but right. maybe they're going to do one healthier meal one night a week, and that's going to be their end point to this. I work with clients to determine what their end point is. That differs. It's not the same small step, yeah. but it is a step that somebody is going to take on with minimal stress. That's, that's how I help. I basically help people get going to, to determine what that is. Well, I know it's, um, and Nancy, jump in here if you have questions too, because this is a topic I could just railroad you on. <laughs> I have so many questions to say. But, um, you know, it, I've done Whole30 a couple of times, and I like, I do like the Whole30 program because for me, like, I have gut issues. I have a lot of things going on, and I had Nancy shaking her head no. But for me, I do know that from time to time I need a full reset, but it's freaking hard and I have to go in it like prepared and and meal planned and ready to go because I can't just live like that on a day-to-day -day basis I have three kids too and you know that means we have things like cookies and goldfish and things that kids want to have on hand and it's way too easy to grab for those things so I love this idea that you're saying you know start with something small 
get that into your life, then it becomes easier. So this time around, I did it a little bit more that way. I did, I did your approach. I just went back and I said, okay, I'm going to drink more water every day and I'm going to stop eating, you know, gluten because that's a big issue for me and my family yeah. anyway. Yeah. Which for some people that would be a really ginormous, huge step, but I've been on and off the gluten for a while. So yeah wasn't it was a small step <laughs> yeah it just depends on the person and and frankly like you know i don't want to there's no judgment on my end i'm just saying the whole idea of a restart i'm calling even that into question like these ideas and, and i'm not, not i'm not knocking the nutritional validity of something like whole 30 which i'm very familiar with i am knocking this idea of sort of doing something for a short time you know a cleanse i've never recommended a cleanse to a single client yeah. in the 10 years i've been doing this because yeah your health is gonna be based on what you do before the cleanse and what you do after the cleanse. Sure, lifestyle we, we, change. We've got, we, we've got to break this idea that, that if I just do this thing for 21 days, then I can get to the weight that I want to be. And the thing is, you might get to the weight you want to be, but I argue you don't really want to get to a weight. What you want to do is feel good and be healthy and feel vibrant and have energy. That's a long-term uh, adventure. That is not a 21-day deal. You can learn things in 21 days, but that's not gonna get you the result. And mm -hmm. so I want to set, I don't want to waste people's time with like trying something for 21 days if they're just not sure. going to with it. I'd rather set them up for like years in the making. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to Alexa's point about like having the kid food in the house, like the goldfish and stuff like that. I like personally in my house, I don't buy goldfish. Right. I, <laughs> that would be one easy solution. Just because for me, it's just as important to me that my kids don't eat that stuff as it is for me. Yeah. So I just find that like I am more successful um, if everybody is eating the foods that they should be eating and I keep it out of the house for everyone. Yeah. My kids are not happy about this, but <laughs> well, that's one, things, that's one of the things that I, you know, related to in your book, Sid, was about how like we as the parents make the decisions, we set the boundaries and we set the expectation, you know, like this is the way we eat in our family. And I'm not saying that they never have that stuff. They go to their friends' houses mm -hmm. and have goldfish. They go, you know, they have friends that take them to Burger King, which like they, you know, they enjoy because I will never take them to Burger King. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, but that has been like a huge thing for my husband and I. It's just that like in our house, you know, we make the decisions and we don't really let the kids have that much say in what I put on the dinner table. Right. I mean, I try to make things that they like. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, I just eat them the way that I think that they should be eating. Yeah, I think that's, you know, and, and that's why I talk in the book a lot about the mot the most of the time, because if you if you sort of set a good baseline of, of healthy living, and again, beyond just food, um, then they, if they go to a friend's house and they have something a little less than healthy, you know, like big deal, you've got the good foundation in, in place. And I think that's a good goal to have instead of trying to maintain 100% so-called compliance, which is a word I keep hearing in the world that drives me nuts. But um, <laughs> I think we run into trouble when we try to get that on that level. My kids don't eat 100% healthy, um, but they eat very, very healthy comparatively to other yeah. uh, families, especially in this country. And and then when they have something less than healthy, I don't sweat it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I tell them. And I know that you talked about this in your book about um, that you don't like to phrase everything in moderation. But you know, that is something that I tell my kids. I'm like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a cookie there's nothing wrong with your friend's mom taking you to burger king it's just like not something that is going to happen every day that's right and i i what you know in the book i talk about everything in moderation in 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 a more ethical way there's some things we don't do in moderation um <laughs> that, that are you know we frankly don't like i always joke when i do talks i go like i i don't kill people like not even in moderation there are right and wrong things that actually, when we live on principle, we don't do ever. And then on the other hand, I talk about most of the time as it applies to exercise or applies to food. I just want people to sort of get their heads straight on where this applies. I think if, if you have an ethical issue with the food you eat or um, then, then to say, 
to convince yourself it's okay because everything in moderation, you're going to feel bad about that. And that's what I'm trying to avoid in people is having them be in conflict with their own choices. If they don't think it's the right thing for them, I don't want them to do it at all. So I have a question for you. Um, all right. So I do try very hard to have my children eat a, a mostly healthy diet. Like I, I, uh, want them to eat a piece of fruit before they have something else, et cetera, et cetera. But for sure. what, what about the parent who they've raised their kids on these kind of snacks and things and are now realizing that they haven't been providing them the best stuff. They haven't been setting the best example with exercise and, and those types of things. And they want to make a change, but there's a lot of resistance when you start sure. saying, we're not having chips for snacks anymore. We're having hummus and carrots. You know, <laughs> how do yeah. you make that? How do you make that transition? How do you suggest that people start getting the kids out and active more as well? Okay, so this is going to be, again, like I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you apply, I apply, and this is why I do this very clearly in the book, is apply my small steps approach to the family dynamic, which means you don't take the chips away tomorrow, which means that as a parent, you start setting the example by fixing yourself first and explaining to your children, depending on their age. I've got a 13-year-old, almost 14, and 9-year-old twins. I'm in it. I'm, I'm in it as much as anybody else, um, and my wife and I are doing this together, you know, and um, and you do it as a family and you sort of say, not sort of, you have a conversation with your, if your kids are four feet in the food, I mean, you're, right. getting, you're, you're the parent, that's your deal. But for, for, if the kids are a little older, you go like, look guys, you know, we're going to have treats and we're going to go out and do what other families do. But at home, I really, and I want you and, and enroll your children in helping you say, you know what, I really don't feel as good as I want to feel. And I really would appreciate you guys to help me out. And we can all feel really good. And then we can go out and have treats. And it's going to be more enjoyable when we have treats because we're all feeling really good. I had a, at a young age, I attached the value of healthy eating. I attached in a subtle way, my wife and I both did to our kids, not in a blatant like, here's why we, but it's like, we eat this way. So you guys, because you guys like to run around and play and go to the beach and ride your bikes. Like, and as an adult, I eat well. I also love food, but I also eat well because I like to at 49 be able to to go on a run and be able to run around with my kids who are nine. I, I, there's very real life stuff that makes eating well totally worth it for me. You can attach that to kids too so that they understand the basic concept of why to feed this body is a really good thing to do, um, you know, actually feed it. I, I love that whole idea of, of modeling what you're doing. And um, my, my, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she, um, she is everything I do. She's following behind me. Now, she is the sweet tooth in the family she, and the junk food. Like, she would rather sit around and eat chips and candy all day long. But uh, she also sees me exercise, and everyone, I'll come downstairs, and I'll ask her what she's doing, and she's putting in the Country Heat DVD, or on her own accord, she's, you know, running laps around the cul-de-sac or cool. something, because, so that's good. I'm glad to see that she's impressionable, but having the conversation with my six-year-old is a little bit different. We were, I don't remember where we were. It was not too long ago, but somebody asked me if I wanted something, and Karis looks at them, and she's like, she cannot eat that. It's got gluten. It will kill her he's got your back <laughs> that's right and i'm like she's like you can't have that mommy it's got gluten in it <laughs> it's good, yeah thanks babe well, you know, yeah and you know kids are kids you know kids like you said like glad to see that she or he is impressionable but all, all kids are impressionable i mean we have to understand that like they're you know, like I've been accused of, you know, people go, oh, you're brainwashing your kid. And I address this in the book. I'm like, absolutely. That's the parent's job. Exactly. Of, of, <laughs> and, I, and I would rather my wife and I be in charge of that than a commercial on a television yeah. or what they're going to learn in school uh, about nutrition, in other words, because there's, you know, there's some craziness there too. Um, and so I would, on the, on the healthy living front, I want, I want us to be the parents in this scenario. I want my, our children to, to be affected by what we are doing, not by what anybody else is doing. That's kind of the job of the parent, right? I think we need to, to grab that back as parents and kind of take that back in and, and, and understand and be informed on our own, you know, inform ourselves so that we're doing right by our children better. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, I, Nancy loved your book. She posted a whole bunch of great quotes and ideas from the book, which I think is Thanks, phenomenal. Nancy. I mean, it's, it's, I, I love reading through this stuff. Virtually highlighting. You're virtually highlighting. That's right. <laughs> but I, 
I think it's such an important conversation to be had right now. And, and that I don't want it to fall into one of those too hard to do categories where if people, and I just love your approach because it's not too hard to do when you take the small steps, when you introduce small changes and they are still young enough, even at 14 to impress yeah. upon them That's right. on, on how to make changes and how to do it differently. Um, I love the idea of having an open conversation with them where you just, I mean, I think one of the things that as we, as we have kids, we don't realize like how much they are capable of understanding and how much they enjoy being part of the conversation. I mean, obviously there's some things that they don't get to be part of the conversation on, but other right. things like saying, you know, I don't feel good. I've gained weight. It's, you know, because of bad choices, et cetera. It's good. I think it's good to tell them those types of things, not so that they'll go out and fat shame somebody, but so that they, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but, um, but I guess like one of the biggest um, takeaways from, especially the first part of the book, mm-hmm. is, um, I felt validated in my stance yeah. to move away from this whole idea of like martyrdom. I mean, I, like, meet so many mothers that, like, say that, like, they can't take care of themselves. So, right. like, everything is about their kids. And, then, and so when I was reading the first part of the book, I was like, thank you. I knew I was right. <laughs> you know? And, like, I, my husband and I actually have um, one of the values that we create in our marriage is that we give each other space and independence because... I know for myself that I need time away from my kids. Mm-hmm. And that if I don't have that chance to like kind of recharge and like do something that's just for me, I become very moody and irritable and cranky. Yeah. You know, and that like kind of just extends, I think, into like all areas of parenting and self-care. Because I teach my kids the same thing. I'm like, you need to take care of yourself. Both, great message you know so and they see me doing that so i i feel like i hope that i'm setting a good example that they understand that you know just because mommy goes away for the weekend doesn't mean that she doesn't love you <laughs> you know so so i i i agree completely i think self-care is an important part of being a good parent and and it does drive me nuts when i see people who are unwilling to take the time for themselves but um because it's doable it's totally doable and when you bring your kids in on it with you then it's even more doable because now maybe family walks or things like that but I'm curious a little bit more about you as I as I think about your BA so you in philosophy how did you make this jump to going from you know I don't know what do you do with a BA in philosophy <laughs> well the, 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 the joke I make uh on stage is when I, I, as I say, well, I did, I, I graduated with a BA in philosophy and I did what the major completely, really prepares you to do, which is that I was pursuing a career in indie rock music. Oh, um, right. and, and so, yeah, so just, just post-college, uh, I was playing music um, and um, I, I graduated from UCLA and then, and then took a job in the audio division, audio visual department of UCLA. And at night I would play gigs and I was writing songs and put a band together. And then a couple years after that, I, I just by chance fell into acting, and so I started making my living as an actor. Um, and so I did that for about 10 years in Los Angeles. My wife and I, we had a child, our first daughter, and then we decided LA, we'd had enough of it, and we moved up to where we live now. And and it, at 24 years old, I play music, I was an asthmatic, and I've been an asthmatic my whole life. And I read a book, by, just handed to me by chance, and and made a slight dietary change, and my asthma went away. What? Right, and and I haven't had it since. So that was that was twenty four years, twenty five years ago. And so, um, literally, inhalers my whole life, medication, and then nothing, zero, nothing ever since. Okay, so, so you have to tell us what that slight change was. <laughs> I gave up dairy. You know what I have heard of it, the dairy yeah. connection. Yeah, gave up dairy. It's pretty well. Do- it's more well documented now than even was at that at that time. And I just figured I was 24. I didn't know anything about nutrition. Nothing. I thought oh, I'll give up dairy within a month. I'm not kidding. Within a month, I would, I'd go for a little couple mile run and have no asthma. I went, this is insane. Wow. And what I did was that began my trek of reading just everything I get my hands on nutritionally, just for forever. And I just every book, boom, 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 just reading books, but with no intention of becoming a nutritionist ever until I moved up here and thought. I think I want to do this 
for real. So I went back to school, got a certification, um, went to a year and a half program and, and became a certified nutritionist. Never was in my car. I mean, never was on my radar as anything I ever thought, but I absolutely love it. And then within, I mean, I finished that program and then probably within about three or four months, I went through some changes in terms of my approach, having realizing pretty quickly that people weren't following my recommendations long term. <laughs> right. um, I was basically handing them a diet and they were going to, they burnt out on it just like every other diet. And I thought, wow. So I backed out of that and said, and this is what, what I think is kind of cool is I used my, in a way, my use my philosophy background and married that with the nutrition and said, let me back out of this and really look at it bird's eye. And that was my, the beginning of me formulating my current approach. And that was the inspiration for my first book called Approaching the Natural, which was a, a broad scope of a manifesto about health and how to kind of, you know, live better today. And um, had you always been, I mean, you don't just, I guess, wake up one day and decide you're going to do a 50K trail ultra marathon. Had you always been a runner or, or did it, as you kind of married this love of nutrition, exercise feed into that? Yeah, I was always a, a, a recreational runner. Um, I had done, you know, I'd done a 10K. I did a half marathon once uh, in like 1998. Never did, never did anything close to a marathon. It was, I didn't even really like it. And then it definitely, as my eating and, and, and the more learning I got going on with my own life and everything else, um, I started to apply that out. I realized I was able to run longer distances. And so I'm 49. So my, I didn't run my first marathon until 45. So wow. um, that, was, that was that first year, 45, I ran two marathons. And then at 46, ran my first ultra marathon. So I'm very new to the, uh, to the sport. And, and it's kind of interesting to me at 46, being able to achieve this and seeing it in the same you know, sort of pathway as, as my improvement in nutrition yeah. and, and completely seeing the, the proportional relationship there. And do your kids, are they runners too? My twins, my twins, and, my twins enjoy running. I've taken them on a few trail runs. My wife runs like a couple miles, two, three miles, a couple days a week. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter can't just doesn't like it. Although <laughs> she did go on and run with my wife two days ago. And this morning did tw uh, t 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes of yoga with me. Um, and so again, this is the small step thing. Like if I said, come to a yoga class, she's not going to want to do it. I right. said, I said, okay, let's do 10, 15 minutes in the, in the living room. And, and just like, yeah, fine. Because, and that's the thing. It's like that little, it works with kids and it works with us. If I say I got to go to yoga class three days a week, I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. just not going to do it. I just know it. But if I set 10, 15 minutes, then I do it and love it. And then it starts to become part of my life. I started doing it. I mean, I used to practice years ago, but two weeks ago, I thought, I think I want to do some yoga again. But instead of saying, okay, yoga class three days a week, I was like, let me just do 10 minutes in my living room, just kind of get going on it again. And it's been able to you know, maintain that for the last few weeks. So I think one of the hardest things about, especially coming from a place where um, you're not eating well, um, you're out of shape and you, and you don't have any energy it's like, it's so hard to think even 10, 15 minutes of yoga. But what I like about making the transition and making those small little changes and doing those things is that once you, once you start doing the right things and your body starts feeling better, then you start to almost crave it. It's I, a slippery slope. Yeah. Um, this week decided that I needed to start like, because since my husband left for California in January, yeah, I've just been, like, very, like, tired and stressed out because I'm, like, here alone with the three kids. And I, like, convinced myself that I didn't have time to, like, do anything for myself, like, to exercise or anything. And then finally, I was like, oh, I feel terrible. I need to go for a walk. So I, like, you know, we're just like, I'm just going to walk for 20 minutes after I drop the kids off at school. Mm -hmm. My son was like, you should walk to the post office instead of driving there. So I was like, okay, let's go to the post office. So like, I, like, it's like, I've been, I'm like, just 20 minutes. I could do 20 minutes, you know, and then um, hopefully, like, I could keep that up. But it would just need it to be like a small step. Mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me, let me clarify, because Alexa said that 10, 15 minutes seems too much. Again, it's, the small step is what is a small step for you. So the 10 to 15 minutes in my mind didn't seem like that much. Right. So I pulled that off. But when I will tell you, this is not a joke. I have started clients off with a 30 second walk around the living room. I'm not, I'm not joking. I don't mean to laugh because that, I mean, sometimes. I, I, 
You got to yeah. start that small. <laughs> I've started. I've started a client off in, in who was in New Jersey. She was a lawyer. Used to exercise quite a bit, but then got really busy and had kids. I started off her off with two minutes. Two minutes on a tramp on a mini trampoline in her living room. Two minutes, and within six months, she was walking a half marathon. Oh, it was awesome. it, because anything above that was t in her mind. Again, it's not a fixed amount of time. That 10, 15 minutes, that's just my, my small step. Right. But I, I started journaling about two, three years ago when I was active on, my, active on my podcast. I wanted to start journaling again. I used to journal all the time in Los Angeles before I had kids. Right. <laughs> uh, right. And now I wanted to journal again. I started off, this is not a joke, with one word per day, one word on a journal. And I used to journal. But I wrote, I would pick up a journal and I'd write one word and that began this behavior of like, okay, I pick up a pen and I open my journal every day. Eventually that grew into the normal journaling that we all think about. Right. But I had to figure out what would get me going. Um, and that's the, that is the deal. It does take work, but it's a lot easier to do that. And it's, it, you have to ask yourself, is 10, 10, 15 minutes, is that seem like a dread? Then lower it down. And if you do one sun salutation and it takes you one minute, there's your endpoint. That's going to be the thing that sets you up for long term. That is, <laughs> I love it. This is a program I can get on board with. <laughs> it's like, but it, it, it's true though. I mean, like, um, we've started just taking little walks around the neighborhood with the. I mean, even our dog is getting overweight. So <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're like, we've got to do something about this. And I worry a lot about my a lot about my children when mm -hmm. it comes to making good decisions with with respect to food and um and exercise and lifestyle and all of that stuff and i it's funny because i told my husband i was like this is such a challenging situation because i have two kids that i'm trying to fat up health health in a healthy manner because they're both mm -hmm. underweight and then i have one who's starting to gain weight and you know how do i how do i balance all of that it's crazy but um you know but at the same time like i don't want to i don't want to give them like crazy weird stuff going on in their heads about food and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to give them a complex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want food. You don't want food issues. Right. And that's sort of like that kind of, and there's, and there's, you know, it's complicated and you, and again, you have to figure in, we're living in a world where a lot of the food presented to us in the market is, is what I, I just refer to it as technology. Now it is like a technological, it's like a, it's like a Twinkie is like a science experiment. You know, I mean, if you actually think about it, it's not something you would ever find in nature. And so we're having to negotiate these things day to day. We're having to, in a way, protect our children and inform them and say, look, this is something that it, you can do it, but don't ever think that it's going to be other, anything other than pleasure. And that's great. Have fun with it. But just understand there's other things that your body actually needs to do all the things that you might want to do in your life, whether you want to... Uh, be a doctor, a lawyer, or an artist, or you need to be able to do things. And, and if you can sort of break it down into the very basics, what we get pleasure from, we like traveling, we like being with our family and friends, and we like doing creative things. All those things require a body that can actually be mobile and, and a brain that can actually think. Those two things are tied to the food that we feed ourselves and tied to the way we move our bodies. It's a very, very real thing. And I, and I, I just, want to get people away from this idea that it's about weight loss or it's about I don't even know because it's really not it's it's like this human body is going just can you just give me stuff and I'll take care of it I'll do all everything else just give me the good tools and I'll I'll take care of it and and I think we in a way owe it to the body but I as parents my argument in raising healthy parents is not only is it absolutely essential for parents to take care of themselves if they want to parent their children however they want to parent their children we do that better when our stress is low and second of all when we take care of ourselves we set that example that we talked about before kids see that they look at it's not overt it's not like look what i'm doing but they see it and they are modeled by what we do and we have a re i think we have a responsibility as parents to to do that for our kids and for ourselves i am that reminds me that one of the things that i wanted to bring up was I did the exercise in the first chapter about um, how you um, your ideal parenting yeah like you right exactly the ideal parent, yeah yeah so I like wrote it out I typed it in and then I was thinking about how and I was telling Alexa this too when I first picked 
of the book, when I read the introduction or the forward, mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, this is going to be like a judgmental book about people no. that their kids use devices. Then when I was writing that paragraph, that doing that exercise, I was like, you know, I, I think I had that initial reaction because I know that in my ideal parenting world, my kids would spend less time on their devices, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and it, you're right, it just like becomes too easy to just hand them an iPad when you need something to do. And I was like, I need to like start training my kids to actually play, mm-hmm. play yeah. with their toys and stuff like that. And so, you know, after doing that exercise, I was like, you know, I now I know why that forward um, you know, irritated you. So much. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I knew in my heart of hearts that it's right. Mm-hmm. That, like, so, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and it's uh, often difficult when, when somebody pinpoints something that we know we're doing wrong, but but it's easy. And you even mentioned in the book that parents often make um, a uh, decision call, decisions or judgment calls that in the long term are harmful for the kids, but we do it because in the moment it makes life less stressful and easier. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so true. We, we do that often. And I, I've thought about that a lot, even with things like, you know, I need the dishes done really quickly. Well, in the long term, I mean, in the short term, it's just easier for me to just do it than try and show my child how to do it. However, if I would just take that time to help them learn where things go then they save me time every single day (laughs) so it's the same way i would imagine with health so we have um a very uh an audience of i would say very busy overwhelmed moms what do you say to the parents who are like i cannot i can just can't add one more thing to our lives how do i do this how do i we are already so stretched for time how do i fit adjusting and I know you know it's small steps you've been reiterating that the whole time but I don't think people believe that <laughs> they, well that and I'll be very honest that's my biggest challenge because we are sold we, we look at look what we see in magazines before and after photos mm-hmm. we see I lost 20 pounds in 20 days this is what we're flooding our brains with and so when I step in and go this is long term this is years it's really hard to wrap and again we sort of turn into 10 year but i want it now like veruca salt from willie Wonka. it's like i want it now it's like of course so do i and i'm telling people like and and, and to, to speak to nan's point like i want to be very clear about the book my kids are on devices i'm not sitting here going my kids are absolutely perfect no it's a know the ideal which is that your kids play on not on devices and then you can kind of make little headways into that but I got to tell you there are days when my wife and I because my wife works full-time too where we're busy and devices are the most amazing thing in the world because right. my kids can decide they, again it's how often is that happening that's all it's not a all or nothing that gets us into trouble and I my kids are on devices you want it I want to empower parents moms and dads and I think you I don't know how your families are but the mom and dad thing is really blending like right. it's not I'm the dad and I do, I mow the lawn and my wife does the, it's like, we're all in it, man. We're like in the thick, I, I'm a mom and she's a dad and we're all, and so, um, and so it's some days it's just totally appropriate. The only question is I want to empower people to know what their balance is for their own family dynamic. There is no, there is no, my book does not say this is how much time your kid should be on a, that's up to you. I just want to get you to a point where you are low stress enough where you can make that decision and stand by it and have the, str- the strength to actually stand by that, you get that done when you take care of yourself. You get that done when you lower your own stress so you can parent the way you want to parent. Um, so to overwhelm moms and dads out there, it, the cell is it's frustrating to me because I get so passionate about this because I want to shake people and go, listen, please take it easy on yourself. Don't take on so much because then you're going to burn out and don't do nothing because you feel bad about yourself. Find that little endpoint, and I don't care how busy you are, because I am busy. I keep, I am so busy that I can always say, I'm as busy as anybody. No, I'm, that's not an excuse. But when you're standing in line at Starbucks, instead of putting your phone up to your face and looking at the news and getting in a bad mood about it, take five deep breaths. (laughs) And this actually does make a difference. And that's just, people won't know until they try. But it is those moments in the car when your kids are listening to music and you're, 
taking some deep breaths. It's that moment where you get up from your desk at work and you walk around for 30 seconds and you sit back down. There's little moments you inject into your life. You cannot expect hours to rejuvenate. It ain't going to happen, but you can inject little moments of self-care and that's how you make it change for yourself, even as overwhelmed as you might be. <laughs> it's a, I just, for some reason, I just had this picture of like three kids standing around screaming like mine used to do. <laughs> when yeah, they were right? smaller. It's like, now I can imagine pulling this off, but five years ago, I'm not sure that I, yeah, okay. We had twins, you know, our twins, like my wife would be breastfeeding one twin and I would have the other twin in my, in the sling and I would just go outside and I would just walk around and the, and then she'd be, you know, and then be kind of getting them to sleep. And then I'd walk in, we'd do a little switch. I'd put the other one back and I'd do the walk and she'd, and that we kind of did that, but at least I was outside and I was breathing and I was with my baby. And it was like ways to do that instead of me sitting in a room, just being stressed and agitated, you know, it was like, you kind of get that going. You just figure out ways to make it happen with the time you have. Yeah. I think that's great. Nancy, you looked like you were going to say something. Okay situation it's a what it's that a change of scenery always diffuses situations right. like you know just removing yourself from the environment that's like stressing you out because it's almost like a sensory overload and like you can't like deal with it anymore so you just take your kid and go outside and you take yourself and go outside like that's right you know and kind of just come down, Bring it down. Do you think that um, people should start by trying to make, if they're, if they're going for the overall lifestyle change, um, should they start by trying to tackle food and exercise at the same time or one and then the other? I've, I'll say two things. Don't start anything until you have a very clear, and this is what Nancy was referring to, that exercise she did um, in, in the book, is have a very clear picture of how you want your life to be have a very clear picture of what your ideal actually looks like. I, I tell people to, to write it as if it's already happening. So if let's say you want to be at a healthy weight and you're not, you don't say, I'm going to eventually be at a healthy weight. You write, I'm at a healthy weight. Get a very clear picture of what your life looks like. Get a very clear picture of what your family dynamic looks like. My kids are on devices uh, about 30 minutes. This is me as an ideal. Like my kids are on, um, on, a, on devices 20 minutes a day tops. Otherwise they're playing outside. Maybe that, maybe that's not exactly how my life looks, but not even close, but that's my ideal. It's very clear about what you're actually working for. When you do that, you're less apt to get into a 21 day diet because that's not going to get you to live at a healthy weight. That's just going to get you to lose weight super fast. And you're gonna probably going to gain it back. Statistically. Right. Okay. So first of all is get that done. Second of all, I say multiple areas, food, exercise, journaling, meditation, creativity. If you go small enough where your meditation is two deep breaths in the morning and you're extra, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not no, joking. That sounds like my style. <laughs> it's, it's, I know it sounds crazy, Alexa, but, but this is how nuts it is. But if you are starting with two deep breaths in the morning and your exercise is five squats while you're waiting for your coffee to brew in the kitchen, and your creativity is doodling for a minute at your desk intentionally, right? drawing a picture, and your journaling is one sentence per day. That's how you can do multiple things, and I, it's so, it actually makes a difference. I have done this for a long time, and I'm doing it in my own life, where it is, it's nuts how much it makes a difference. I'm right now doing, because I fell off the journaling, I'm doing two minutes of journaling per day at night, two minutes. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference because you're, you're engaging in your own life and you're taking control of your life. And this is not where you end. This is just where you begin. Then it broadens. In the food realm, don't take things away from yourself. Don't remove things for yourself. Just add in. So when you were talking about the chips, don't take the chips away, but maybe put the veggies and hummus on the table with the chips. And it's like everybody, and if, if you just kind of get in there like that. And you just do it that way because then you don't have the rebellion on your hands and you're more, you know, that you've upped your chances of actually making long-term change. And as a corollary to that, um, the, um, the whole need, not need thing, I think makes a lot of sense. You know, um, once you've decided what your ideal life looks like, it's so much easier to do that me, not me exercise. You know, and I do have those moments where I'm like, why am I doing this? This is like not what I want to be doing. Like this right. is not me. 
you know? And it's like so much easier to do that once you've decided what me is. It, it, that's exactly the point. And Alexa, I don't know if you and your listeners probably don't know, but there's that, that game. I have it in the book called the Me Not Me game. And again, it, is the hin- it, it hinders on you, hinges on you knowing who you are. Right. Regardless of how you've been living, it's such a weird thing, but you might write, I'm at a healthy weight. And in reality, you may have never been at a healthy weight, and you're certainly not at a healthy weight now, let's say. But in your mind, that is who you really, really are. And so next time you grab a bag of chips that you don't actually feel like having, you don't say, I'm a bad person. You go, you know what, this just isn't who I am. And I think that's a really good thing to know. Even if you end up eating the chips in that moment, fine. You still learned and you still remove that kind of, I'm a bad person, I'm still, you know, all this criticism that just makes us more stressed than we already are talk about overwhelm on top of everything else we have to do then we feel bad about ourselves instead we can say the truth which is it's just not who i am now i can know how i can take steps to become more of who i actually am starting now and doing it a little bit day to day and that's kind of the deal of just removing that prophecy almost that's right you know that like you once you decide you know that um and like any kind of behavior that you feel is like not compatible with the way that you want to be living, you know, like when I yell at my kids, you know, or when I like, you know, have a cigarette, like whatever. It's like, this is not me. Why am I doing this? Good. And I think that's a great, instead of like on willpowering yourself to give up smoking today, I think it's an awesome question to ask. Like, why am I doing this? You start asking those questions, then you start being an adult about the way you start making changes in your life that's how you actually do it it's such a cool way that you put that it's like why am i doing this this isn't i'm not a bad person for doing it it's just like i'm not acting like myself here this is nuts and who knows why you started smoking in the first place but if you're smoking and you go why am i doing this and the answer is because i'm overtired because i'm super stressed well okay now you actually have places to make moves not giving up smoking yet but maybe feeding yourself better, maybe getting to bed a little bit earlier, all these things that you can start to do that make you need the cigarette less because you actually asked the question of like, why am I even doing this? And that's a, I think that's such a cool way to do it. Well, I, I can totally get behind this program because I will tell you, I mean, you listed off all the things that we hear over and over from people that we should be doing if we want to be well balanced and have a happy life and all this stuff, meditation, journaling, exercise, eating well, all those things. But when you put it all together, it's so overwhelming that the easy thing to do is just say, I can't do it. I can't do any of it. But I could wake up in the morning and set my alarm with a little reminder that says, take two deep breaths before you That's get it. out of bed. That's that sounds so easy and good to me. And I know that that'll, I, I even know that taking two deep breaths in the morning will make my day start better. It, it absolutely does. It's just the weirdest darn thing, but it absolutely does. Well, that's good. And, and you knew that you did something instead of waking up saying, oh, I should meditate. Oh, I you like, you did it and you move on. It's like putting something on your to-do list that you already did. So that exactly. <laughs> and you check it off. It's totally true. I do, yeah. that, I do that too. It's totally true. It's totally true. It feels phenomenal. You're like, check, did it. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. I have enjoyed speaking with you so much. I know Nancy's been sending me messages about you all day. So I know that she's like in love with the book and everything. Okay. So it's, it's really a great lesson. I think it's so timely. Um, I write uh, health articles actually for on, on children's health stuff for a magazine in California. And I was just doing research today. And one of the articles that I came across was about how um, the impacts of our kids having too much screen time as toddlers, they're now showing the negative impacts on them as teens. And it's because of the stunt to their uh, development brain-wise, but also they're creating themselves in a, in a sedentary lifestyle from the get-go. And those right. kids tend to choose easier ways out. All of that stuff, all of it, the stuff that we see on sugar, the stuff that we see on the, on the amount of obesity in children in our country right now. I mean, I think it's something that more and more parents are going to be saying, how can I set the example for my children? And I think your, your book is on point and it's just great time. So, um, to reiterate, since we mentioned it way back at the beginning of it, his book is, uh, you want to tell us the title? Because I'm sure, Raising that's Healthy Parents. <laughs> yeah, Raising Healthy Parents, uh, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family.
And as you heard from the interview, he's got fantastic ideas for small steps that are achievable. Nancy, you got any more um, uh, rave <laughs> review moments here? I, I definitely think that this is, you know, um, this is not a parenting book. It is a, um, I like a self-care book. It's like a book that um, all parents should read, but it's not about parenting. It's about mm -hmm you know, taking care of yourself as a human being so that you can be a better parent. That's perfectly said. You know, so. Yeah, that's um, great. I am definitely going to be recommending this book to a lot of people I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But Do I, you have any, uh, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. It's like common yeah. sense stuff. And like you said, small steps that are achievable and, you know, it's not judgmental. But it's like, you know what, you know, as a parent, you have to be the adult. That's right. Uh, and you have to be the one that is taking charge of um, what your kids eat and what they do and kind of set those standards and those expectations for them, you know. Now go take all that emotion and write it on an Amazon review because we know <laughs> how important those Amazon I reviews know. are. <laughs> so, I will. I totally will. I'll probably okay. review it on my blog. So. <laughs> All right, Sid. Any last, um, any last thoughts from you on on this topic, or on anything, whatever you want to hit us with? <laughs> no, I, I. Well, I guess one last thought, which is that I just I've worked with so many parents over the years, and and um, I just don't want anybody to underestimate how hard of a job it is, and maybe even harder now than ever before. And I think that when we value taking it easy on ourselves it's we put a lot of pressure because there's so many things we want for ourselves and our kids and i and i just want people to to learn self-care in a like a kindness way because i think it just it's we owe it to ourselves to be nice to ourselves for crying out loud <laughs> and if i can play a little part of that that'd be great but even if i can't please figure out a way that that uh, you do that to take the weight off your shoulders a little bit because it's like we're all in it and we're trying to do the best we can and it's it's not an easy job Thank you so much for all of that. Where is the best place for people to come find more of you? Um, they can go to my name, Sid Garza Hillman, all one word, SidGarzaHillman.com. Um, that's my, where you can find my, I have a YouTube channel. So my, my vlogs on YouTube, but you can see it on the site too. Podcast, I had 222 episodes. I shut it down in December, but I'm going to launch one pretty soon. So that's the place to go. Otherwise, smallsteppers.com is my actual 12-week program that teaches people this system, kind of the more intricate levels of the, of the approach. And that's pretty much it. Great. Thank you so much. This has been very, uh, it's just been a great interview all around. <laughs> well, thanks. It was, a, it was a pleasure being here. And I will, I don't know if this is okay with you, but I'm happy to do, if you want to do a giveaway with your listeners for the book, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take care of the shipping on my end. You just email, however you want to do it, just email me who wins and I'll send it out to them. That's phenomenal. We will definitely take advantage of that. I'm sure someone will be clamoring for it. So cool. <laughs> thanks, Sid. You got it. My pleasure. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.